Sure. Okay. Uh, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Live from the Table. Um, I'm doing kind of a quick hit interview this afternoon with Joel Roskin, who is a geologist and geographer and a faculty member of the Department of Geography and Environment at Bar-Ilan University. But he um, also wrote this article, which is getting all sorts of um, viral coverage on Twitter. Why moving to the Sinai Peninsula is the solution for Gaza's Palestinians. And, um, you know, this is being retweeted all over uh, the world now as uh, evidence that Israel has... Um, a plan here to expel the Palestinians from Gaza. And um, so I figured I would try to get in touch with you directly and, and get your response to that. Is that what you're calling for in this article? By the way, it's in the Jerusalem Post. You can Everybody can Google it. It's in the Jerusalem Post. So go ahead. Explain to us what your intention is with the article. Well, first of all, um, I wrote the article. I don't represent anybody not the university. I mean, I'm, I'm a staff member. We have freedom, we have freedom of speech. Um, and I don't represent the government or the military or anything. Uh, that's one thing. Also, there's no post. They changed the, they changed the title. I, I wrote Sinai is the solution. And they changed something that caught on a bit more. Um, so what, what, what was your original, what was your original title? Sinai is the solution. Just it catches on. Okay be short um yeah i mean uh i i'm talking about uh a political vision uh that that should be led i think by by israel or, or along with the united states or with the western countries to find to look for an out-of-the-box solution for uh what for this failed uh two-state idea that's been going around for 30 years and just bring uh waves and waves of, of terror onto uh, my my country and i mean and, and what happened on october 7th is you know way beyond anybody's as anyone's imagination here so we have to do something different we can't just revert to the same thing that hasn't worked for 30 years and that's kind of that's kind of stupid so what are, what are the options and and i think one i made one of my important point and i actually wanted to clarify it maybe in a different opener that uh the metropolitan of gaza which is about 30 square kilometers a million inhabitants is is destroyed. I mean, what you have there is a tremendous underground complex, multi-story complex underground, uh, with cement, metal beams, a tremendous amount of ammunition, chemicals, water that the Hamas is as plugged into there, generators, waste from from uh, electricity. Now, then there's been the tunnels that have been exploded. And there's also rumors about some that have uh, been uh, fed with, with uh, seawater. Along with that, we have the explosions on the surface, the Air Force explosions, and then the buildings that have been, like every other building has, has been found with, with ammunition, explosives, tunnels, and so on and so forth. And these have been either destroyed or partially destroyed. And the, the level of construction, I assume, in Gaza is not that high. I also know that... Um, some of the concrete, the high-grade concrete, was taken for the tunnels, not for construction. So in a way, you can't just renovate uh, a damaged building in Gaza. So we have like a huge area which can only be repopulated here and there. The roads are destroyed. So the area has to be torn down, evacuated. The soil has to be 
re-mechanized and also environmentally assessed uh, before bringing back people to, to the city of Gaza or, or to the metropolitan of Gaza City. So what are you going to do now? So, okay, a, a few questions. So with, this would be um, involuntary, an involuntary no. movement of people? No, this of course not, no. I mean, we're talking about a, a solution. A solution has to be, I mean, accepted by, by at least the majority of the sides. So, so, so if the if the Palestinian population of Gaza didn't want to go, you're not suggesting, or are you suggesting that they go with with, with you know without any choice? No, of course not. Okay, well, well. Uh -huh. I mean, right right now, there's a um, 1.8 or so million Gazans, or a bit less, concentrated in the southern part of the Gaza Strip, south of the of uh, what they call their Wadi Gaza. It's the only uh, Wadi that crosses the Gaza Strip. Um, um, many are in, in rundown conditions. Many are in, in, in tents. So where are they going to go? They can either, they won't go to Israel. They either go to, okay, they're going to stay there or, or find new avenues of, of life in the world, which is, I mean, altogether I, a great I, deal. I, I, I'm relieved to or wait Or go wait ahead. or go fight for like five, four, I, I know I haven't done anything. Anything I haven't. I'm approaching years. We haven't done any serious analysis, but I mean, it'll take years to rebuild this destroyed area, and also the, the, the tremendous amount of rubble that we needed to be evacuated will be very costly and also environmentally problematic. So, I mean, there's a there's a big challenge here. Um. So I'm I'm relieved in some way to hear that you don't want to expel the Palestinians. Um. But you know, you know, you know, you 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 know that that's where the articles. Being taken, I'm, I'm surprised that there isn't a sentence in there to make that clear. Um, or in retrospect, maybe you wish you had put it in there because it's being used as evidence. Well, I, I read about international involvement, international pressure on, yeah. on Egypt, uh, funding, and so I didn't mention all expelling. I didn't say force them over the border, force them over the line. And by the way, I've gotten indeed uh, polar reactions. I mean, I've gotten a lot of positive reactions also, also linked ID and also emails and so on and so forth. Looking at things at both ways. Now, now Egypt had, you know, their own history with Hamas, and I'm not an expert on this stuff, but I, 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 I understand that the Muslim Brotherhood and Hamas, Egypt views the political movements within the Palestinian community as a threat to their uh, regime. Correct. I think they they may be um, a relatively unwanted group of people in Egypt. Um, actually, it seems like anywhere, no other countries, and they're inviting them, but they're in Canada, held out their hand for I don't know how many, but they're un unwanted people. That's what that's uh, the situation, and and the, and the facts prove <laughs> the facts prove why it seems that way. Um, but Egypt is a very uh, is a very large country, and it's very undemocratic, and it's one of the leaders of, of uh, violation of human rights. And mm -hmm. look at the uh, there's a list there. Um, so they have their ways to to deal with uh, with people that don't really uh, fit their agenda. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, to but the natural question is if if Egypt is even seems unwilling to even you know with, with much uh, generosity open their border crossing there to help with humanitarian aid, if they're building the wall even higher, why in a million years would anybody suspect that they'd be ready to cede land? Right. That, that's just one of the reasons why I wrote, why I wrote the article.
but the basic understanding is for sure they don't have any interest to do that. Right. But if they have, if they will gain a lot of benefits, they may be willing to. I mean, we have to, as I mentioned before, you know, open up to new ideas here, new, new thoughts, and new avenues of, of of action. And Egypt is in a difficult demographic state. They their growth is steady, but we're talking about like over a million people a year that are born there. Their uh, economy is not that great, and I think if the international uh, community will invest in the same amount, same amount of aid that they gave Hamas for their hospitals and for their tunnels and for, for everything, if that even amount of aid would be given to Egypt um, for a, a short to long term basis, there may be something to talk about. I mean, for, to get, they won't they won't volunteer themselves to do that. That's for, that's for sure. Um. Yeah, it sounds it sounds very pie in the sky to me. Now, now, t to what extent is the? I know there was some art. There was some. Uh, I have it here. You know, uh, there was an article in in, in Haaretz where uh, I don't know these names: Galil, Distel, At At Barian, and Eliyahu. These are like uh, ministers, far, I don't say far, but I guess they're they're described as far-right ministers. It's not that I'm reluctant to call them far-right, I just don't know enough to say whether that label is fair. But these are ministers who have been accused of wanting to expel the Palestinians. Is there, would you say, a serious number of people in Israel in power who are looking for an excuse to get rid of the Palestinians from from the West Bank and Gaza here. The West Bank, I haven't heard about any, anything about that. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, from Gaza, the, there's you know very a warlike attitude right now, and we have the, the goal is to get rid of Hamas. Um, and the question is, okay, what's what happens after Hamas? And that the first thought was just to get rid of, rid of Hamas. Um, and now there's many thoughts about what to do. So I, I mean, I don't think that expelling is is there's any close to major majority about that kind of idea or concept. And then again, I mean, the, the, the government here is pretty weak. I mean, the government will will be changed sooner or later. Nobody knows when, but that's that's a pretty uh, sure thing that will happen. We changed, we organized, and there's a lot of talk about even you know really. Not redoing the political system, but getting a lot of new blood into the system. Younger people, people from high tech, from industries, from academia, and so on. And people have come back from the battle also. And what do you think what do you think their their leanings are? They altogether things kind of end up in, in the center. Just like I assume in the States. You know, most people are plus minus center. There's the extremes. The extremes get the most amount of attention. Um, what's the center here because again if the center before was plus minus a two-state solution on in, in basically you know more extreme or less extreme or, or strict conditions now most people have lost hope about this that's for sure now you know that's that's an interesting point that that i find myself um arguing about a lot which is that in my opinion when there's a lack of interest in a two-state solution in Israel, it's not because people wouldn't love a two-state solution. It's because, as you say, they've lost hope or they feel that this would just be the first step for, you know, to gain a foothold for a further battle against Israel. And they feel that the two-state solution would just be 
would be dangerous as as uh look look as what happened after Sharon pulled out of Gaza, but that if um if right. there was and, a and also and also the Oslo Accords the nineties where buses are blowing up like like balloons in in in, in Jerusalem and people right the bus don't get know if you get off of it and that's the Palestinian Authority. So I I, I want to also clarify maybe maybe a point and there has been a trend and I'm associated with with uh, people from both sides of let's say the left right and so on even among a majority of the right I would say if there would be a genuine two state solution which means a democratic Palestinian state where there is a, a right to live for Jews and be part of the government and, and the society there, just like Israel has 20% Muslims in our society. And they fully uh, stop educating, as Netanyahu has mentioned, educate to eradicate Jews and Israelis. And also, of course, um, do not develop a strong military um, then people here would be willing. But if you tell it to people, even before the was they said, oh, yeah, come on, you know that won't happen. They're not working with, with, with Arab states. Power is the most important thing there. Okay, democracy is, is beyond the moon. So. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know that they, I mean, I guess what you're saying is that you you would like the, the people who have settled in the West Bank to be able to stay there in some new Palestinian state but why would they want to do that i mean they, they, they it's it's unrealistic to think they're going to live there um as anything but fourth class citizens and uh, look yeah yeah i i would i would support giving just as neither here nor there i would support giving the palestinians 101 percent you know, you know how these land swaps and they end up with 97, 98%. I'd be very happy to see Israel give them 101% or do whatever they could do if this could finally be the end of this um, terrible conflict, which is you know, ruining so many lives. And by the way, I'm sure you'll agree, the future is not good for Israel. The demographics, the technology, the, the spreading of... Um, of uh, drones and all sorts of, uh, you have 150,000 guided missiles, you have the uranium being enriched around the world. I mean, um, this yeah, is... Yeah, Israel can't make decisions on, on, on being scared. And, and No, I, I understand. Has always, has always been uneasy, let's put that. I mean, we're living you know, in a very dangerous community, very mean community. Yeah. We're all alone here. Yeah. And, and another uh, thing, I'm a geographer, and that's, that's, where, that's how I... Uh, Mm -hmm. I moved toward this uh, article, I mean, and we're fighting on a tiny piece of land. I mean, even just the Sinai Peninsula, which is like a chip off the block of, of Egypt, is three times the size of the whole area west of the Jordan. So, like, why can't the Arab states be generous, if not to the Palestinians, to, to be to us? By the way, I get reactions, uh, from the, the mean reactions, like, why don't you go to Sinai? I mean, we'd love to go to Sinai. Sinai is, is where Israel got the Torah, our covenant, um, Mount Sinai. Uh, right. Israel settled the northeastern Sinai. That's, well, they didn't mention that in the, in the article. Uh, after in 1971 and 1972, and developed their amazing agriculture in the in the sandy area. They developed sand agriculture. That's what I deal with also my my research. Um, and turned the area to, into a Garden of Eden. It's a, it's a really neat place. I mean, people had romantic lives there on the shore, in the dunes, doing agriculture. It's like, yeah, sure, I'd, I'd, I'd love to go there. They don't want to go there, I'll go there. 
Isn't it? But isn't it desert? I mean, isn't it much more difficult to live in the, the that climate than Gaza? I'm talking about to continue the Gaza Strip right across this artificial border of Egypt, whether it's artificial ge geographically, it's based on 1906 line that the Egyptians forced upon the Turks. But it's um, it's on the set, the coastal the coastal areas is a desert fringe. It's so 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 you would you the desert you would combine the Gaza Strip with Sinai into one kind yeah. of state. Yeah, so either yeah, either with northern Gaza because Israel again may be pretty tough on giving back with the northern Gaza because it's close to our population centers and that huge tunnel we found also is like really really scary mm -hmm. with the potential and against it's destroyed. But yeah, from Wadi Gaza, just yeah, move on, make the strip, just move on. And just look at the map. You'll see there's an out delta that's green. The Gaza Strip is green, and there's a thin line of green of agriculture between the Gaza Strip and 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 the Nile Delta, which actually once the eastern Nile Delta, northeastern Nile Delta was actually northwestern Sinai. All right. So yeah. So maybe I didn't read the article carefully. If I didn't realize that this was would be like a federation, I thought this would be a a, a replacement for oh, no, for Gaza. No, okay. All right. Well, then your article your article is being um, misunderstood to some extent. So so I hope that this um, that this helps. Well, well, thank you. Thanks for inviting me, by the way, to talk uh, about It's my pleasure. I, I, you know, it's one of the fantastic things about the modern world is that somebody like me can see there's something like going on, like a, a question, a debate, yeah, and right. I can reach out to somebody and ask them questions about right. it and actually gets, yeah. you know, the sometimes viral coverage and, right. um, and kind of put something to rest or at least, at least uh, illuminates it to some degree. So that's, that's really it. I, I well, just one or two more things, just while I, while I have you. Is it correct to say that Gaza is the only parcel of these lands in question that has no spiritual connection to Judaism? Is that correct? Like the Sinai, as you said, is where the Torah came. The West Bank is also right. the land of the Gaza. Sinai is, I mean, uh, Gaza is just a, a, a strip of land, correct? Uh, okay, so, you know, further, what they call the West Bank, I mean, the West Bank is actually all from the Jordan to, to the sea. I mean, that's all of Israel in a way. But, uh, yeah, well, that's Israel, Israel's cradle of civilization is around Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Yeah. And the Gaza Strip, actually, you can cut it, divide it into two. Again, this Wadi Gaza, which in Hebrew is called Nachal um, is actually, a, a, in a way, a natural uh, border. And the, the minimal biblical Israel, west of the Jordan, either ended uh, at Wadi Gaza, but there's also an opinion, which is Wadi El Arish, northward Sinai, or, or the Nile. So one of the, for sure, there's total agreement that, that from Wadi Gaza, the city of Gaza is, that is part of the, of the uh, ancient land of Israel. But south of Wadi Gaza, uh, that's an under question. That's for, for sure not. And, and, and again, also, the the Besor, as mentioned, also King David reached there, and the Maccabees reached there, also in that area. So, so, so as a really, you're a religious person. I see you, Sir so, so Kippa. Yeah. As a as a religious person, does this all matter to you in terms of how you'd like to see it come out? Is is the is the spiritual or religious connection to the land part of how you formulate the policy that you'd like to see, or is this just a simultaneous reality? Oh, but no. religion, more... I, I know if each person religion has as has, has a different amount of, of influence and also people without people to have religious beliefs and understandings and and I mean this this terrible war I mean, really has has hit our, our history it's put that way beyond religion and actually 
uh, religious people are having difficulties. Uh, I think because we're still amidst um, the the difficulties of the war, we haven't really you know, solved out what it means religiously uh, yet. Even, even nobody has really proposed ideas because we're more or less you know fighting for our survival right now. Mm -hmm. um, but back, if you're asking more about about the land, I mean. Yeah, of course. We, I mean, it would be great to be on a biblical land, but I mean, then again, that's not that's not a, the highest priority. It's not even a, a medium priority. It's, it's, I mean, if we can do it, that'd be good. But uh, if not, there's other priorities here we have to take into consideration. And, and of course, I mean, uh, to spare lives on both sides. Yeah, I mean, I, I, to be very honest, and I guess this will wind up as a as you know, I come from Israeli parents, and I I I understand. Very well, I think the mentality of people like my father, who was uh, not religious, but his father was religious, and they have connections, and um, but he was, you know, uh, vehemently uh, Zionist and concerned about Israel, and um, and I know how these people think. Um, they're very skeptical of uh, deals with the Palestinians, but they would jump to them in a heartbeat if only they thought they could. Uh, rely on them but i what i don't have as a a jewish person judging all this i don't have a feel for how the very religious people feel i read these what i consider to be horrible stories about what what settlers do on the west bank and uh in terms of how they seem to be abusing the palestinians and and i only you know what i read and how the government seems to in some way turn a blind eye to it respond to it when they really have no choice and this horrifies me while at the same time i realize i don't really know what's going on because the press can be unreliable but i get the feeling that to some extent this is true and i don't know how to gauge that i don't know how to defend it or to comment on it when i debate israel because i don't have a feel for it i don't have a feel for those that that way of looking at the world yeah i mean but uh... If you're asking, I understand. If you, you can comment on in any way that you want, and then we'll. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, let's get back to the Gaza Strip. Okay. Because one important point here is that I mean, uh, in 2005, Israel fully disengaged, also militarily, and also civilians, and uprooted all the settlements that were there, and and there is a strong feeling among a lot of people. You know, we uproot our settlements to finally, you know, reach reach some kind of uh, peaceful solution. They have their land, we have their land, they get international support. And it's like, okay, you know, if we, we, we gave up, now that's a chance to just grab it back. That's, that's, that's a natural instinct that's, which is going on. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have, I also have a bit of that also, but I mean, that, that's not, that's not, that's not a major here. That's, that's, that's a minor. Now, to your other question, I mean, there, there are, are extremist right wings. It's, they are a minority and, and a far minority, but of course they attract a lot of attention uh, by the press, also by the Israeli press, and it's mainly uh, deep privileged youth that kind of left their homes um, and they're just kind of violent themselves, and they have they grew up suffering a lot of violence from Palestinians, always being sacked with rocks. Some memories being killed, and as a teenager, they say, "You know, just the hell of it," and they just take off and they they they, they take a hilltop and they and they you know they feel that you know this is um this is the biblical land. We're being harassed, so we're going to play the same game. We're going to harass back, okay? And we're not going to live by Israeli law. 
So as some people say, I mean, it's up to the police to, to take care of them. That's the whole story. Okay, if they're they're they're, they're violating the law, they should be caught and 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 uh, you know, do, and do the do the police un, do the police underreact to it? I think sometimes they overreact actually. Yeah, sometimes they over and underreact also. It just depends where, because a lot of place, place, times they live they're in isolated areas where the police don't police like to work in areas that they recognize. So if it's some it, kind it's, of hill, some kind of unknown area, they okay, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it, it's obviously Hamas has not said a word about complaining about the settlements. The settlements are not the issue in, in, in Hamas, but the, the world conflates the two issues and this settlement issue, we're, we're way off the subject, but the, the settlement issue has done a tremendous uh, damage to Israel's reputation around the world. And I only wish they could get out from under it just as a my own personal lament. I don't know the details. I don't support the settlements, but I don't know how bad the behavior actually is, but I do know very well that in terms of this PR war, it makes Israel a sitting duck for an issue that they don't have a good answer for. And that's very difficult for me. Yeah, that's um, why a lot, a lot of politicians here have called the, what they call the, the, the hill youth, Noah Gvaot, they live on the hilltops, they left home and put these like these um, caravans and tents and stuff. <laughs> have determined... Or, or, or said that they're like they're the most serious threat for Israel because they, they're causing so much damage. A lot of people in Israel are aware of that, but yeah, yeah, so they're they, calling for stricter, stricter, stricter measures on these people. But um, and I guess the the parliamentary system with, with such a close with such a thin majority, um, these people have outsized power now, right? Because they they swing vote. I think they it doesn't make much it doesn't make much of a difference. I mean, I think like the government politicians talk. A lot of times, other than other than like Oslo Accords, the center on both the on the right to the left are actually pretty close, and that's why that's why they're working pretty they're working pretty good right now. Uh, All right. Managing the war. All right, sir. I I appreciate your time. I I hope this um, interview uh, in in some way uh, helps people understand where you're coming from. I I feared that you were going to be much less reasonable than than than, than I see that you are. And I hope this helps uh, people see that. I wonder, I say, this can't, can't be a, 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 that unreasonable if he's working at a major university, but um, okay. Well, the, Why, there's fanatics in academia everywhere. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, <you're>, fair enough. <laughs> All uh, right, sir. Some it, people there, those crazy people go to academia the same. <laughs> enjoy your evening and have yeah. a very happy new year. Thanks. Okay. Same thing. Take care. Bye-bye.